I'm right now recording on my iPhone. Uh, on my uh, garage band, I'm doing it. Swallowtails, featuring guitarist John Schofield, bassist Steve Swallow, and drummer Bill Stewart. We're delighted to have John and Steve with us to discuss this new album on ECM. Hi, John and Steve. Thanks for joining us. Oh, hi, Max. Hi. first ECM recording as leader and it celebrates this great collection of music that Steve has written and that you've known for 40 plus years. That's when I was just first starting out. I, after high school, I went to Berkeley School of Music. Uh, the second year I was there, Gary Burton came to teach. I got lucky because my roommate, Ted Siebes, was a really good drummer, much better at playing than I was. And uh, Gary had heard him, and Gary used to come jam with us at our apartment. And the bassist, Chip Jackson, lived there too. And Gary would wait for traffic to subside, you know, because he'd be done teaching at five o'clock or something, and it'd be terrible traffic in Boston. So he'd come jam with us. So I got to know Gary and started to learn the Gary Burton songbook, which was comprised of a lot of Steve Swallow tunes. And then Steve came to teach, I believe, the next year, which would have been my third year at Berkeley. And we met and we, you know, through Gary and the whole scene. And Steve wasn't my teacher, but we started to jam some. And then he broke my guitar. <laughs> that was the ill-fated day. Yeah, and I still hold it against him, but somehow I'm waiting for him to make it up to me. But he broke the neck of my guitar because he was trying to help me fix the warp. And that's when I met Steve. We started to jam some back then. Of course, John could barely play because his guitar was broken. I felt I had the upper hand, and I think I've kept the upper hand. It's worked to my advantage all these years. There's a wide range of music on this album. Some of these tunes have become standards, of course. There's some lesser known material, but throughout the album, there's a great rapport. John, I believe you said sometimes when you and Steve play together, it's like one big guitar. Well, you know, it is because I play guitar, guitar, and then bass guitar that Steve plays is an octave lower. So it's it really is a big guitar. And I think Steve and I, you know, we just have played together and I've dug his playing for so long that I think it just works well together in a way that is just an affinity. And it's been a long time we've been playing together. You know, we're talking about 
from the 70s. We're making reference to the same tradition. We listened to the same records. We stole from the same sources. We both have a strong regard for a line of, that runs through jazz. Then beyond that, we've kind of developed our vocabularies together. We haven't always played together, but we've been in musical touch since the mid-1970s, and we get together periodically to renew the musical relationship. And we do kind of speak with a single voice. And you know, Max, when I met Steve, I was 21, I guess. And Steve would have been then, what, 32, something like that. So he was a lot older than I am, was then, but he's not older than me now. I learned about jazz from these guys, from Steve and also from Gary Burton. They were the first professional jazz guys I met, the teachers at Berkeley. And Steve and Gary were the most high-profile teachers there. And so, I mean, you know, they would talk about what they liked, and I'd run and go buy the record, you know, and uh, what tunes were good, and I'd run and go try to learn those tunes. I learned about music from those guys and from Steve. I can embellish on that a little too, because what usually happens in those kinds of relationships where there's an older guy and a younger guy is the younger guy is unaware of the extent to which he is also the teacher providing source material to the older guy. I and mean, John was making me aware over the years of a body of music that I neglected and kind of ignored. As I zeroed in as a teenager on Sonny Rollins and all of that, there was a wider world. And John, in particular, was connected to that wider musical world because he played guitar. And it has always been kind of a mythic instrument in American music. He spent his time with guitar players of various idioms. I was in my mid-30s when I met John, and I just began at that point to catch up with the musics that I'd been ignoring in, in my kind of single-minded, resolute pursuit of the perfect, you know, Sonny Rollins chorus. getting into it jazz was it you know rock and roll was the music of little children so who wanted to get into that on the other hand in the 60s when i was uh in high school rock and roll got really good and there was this big blues revival and people were into classic country music and the kind of the folk world so i had a different perspective Steve, you wrote a lot of these tunes during that transitional period from double bass to electric bass. I did write a lot of them as I was transitioning. A lot of the ones that John latched onto are from that period, from the mid-70s. I had discovered the electric bass, and that kind of changed things for me in a substantial way. And then to discover that whole vocabulary of music I'd ignored, you know, rhythm and blues in particular, went far to enriching my vocabulary. Steve was really generous, too, that he never told us what to do on his tunes, you know, at all. He let me just like, oh, this sounds good. 
a couple of them were really different from the way Steve conceived them. And he was just like, okay, cool. But as Steve said, that's the great thing about jazz music is, is, is there are a lot of different ways to interpret tunes because they're set up like that. You know, they're set up to be soloed on, you know, and to have everybody play and have the written part of the music is 10% of the performance. The rest is us wailing. <laughs> One of the things I especially like about Swallowtails is the ways in which these tunes differ radically from the way I thought about them when I wrote them. And that's exactly what I've always hoped as I've written my songs, that some strong-willed player would grab hold of them and really personal and different in ways I couldn't expect. That posed a challenge to me as a bass player because inevitably I did have a kind of sense of how these tunes went based on how I wrote them. And it was really to the interests of our performance of these tunes that I discard those ideas as thoroughly as I could and kind of reinvent them along with John. And that was both the challenge and the joy in making this album. And, you know, we're sort of ignoring Bill's role in all of this, but Bill directs the music, too, in a very sly way that I think isn't readily apparent to the listener. He has such a unique and strong vocabulary. It really imposes his imprint on how the music is played and how the music ends up. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize. I mean, he does this propulsion that's pretty unique and special in jazz, and it just makes the music move in a certain way. I've been spoiled getting to play with him that much because with other great drummers, that thing doesn't happen in the same way. Sometimes I feel like I just hop on board, you know, like I'm riding along, just doing my little thing over this great existing groove that Bill and Steve set up. Yeah, it's really special. And and he's also just about the most talented guy I've ever played with. And we've seen this. I know Steve would agree, I think. You know, he just, when you're learning new music, he knows it already. Somehow he can look at a piece of music and it's, oh, okay. Everybody else is figuring it out, but he's so damn quick. It's uh, phenomenal. Exactly. He's melodic, he's harmonic, he's rhythmic. It is worth noting that he is harmonically literate and, in fact, quite advanced. He's the very antithesis of the drummer stereotype. He's a voracious listener to all kinds of music. He sits down backstage at pianos when we're waiting to go on and plays perfectly literate and very advanced harmonic renditions of standards and all of that kind of stuff. It's downright annoying. It's drums, too. The cool thing is it's not even a instrument with actual notes like a guitar or a piano. And he's speaking with us all the time. It's not just playing a beat. It's a dialogue nonstop and keeping this great groove. John Schofield, Steve Swallow, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast to discuss this album. Thanks very much. Thank you, Max. Thanks, Max. I enjoyed it. <laughs> 